Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we have a wonderful question. A big one. I think it's the ultimate one. I think it is. Yeah. I, th- I think it is for understanding everything that we need to understand for our benefit. Mm-hmm. The foundation. You know, it's why we came to New York, isn't it? It, it is. It's our reason to live and have our being. Yeah. Who is God? God. Yeah. Who is God? That's the question of the day. We talk about Jesus. We need to serve Jesus. We talk about salvation and how God created everything. But, but who is God? All of that is built on the foundation of this. Yeah. And one of the things we're going to find out where people say, well, God is all love. We're going to find out. There's truth to that, but there's a whole lot more. There's a whole lot more. And you don't want to miss that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, brother, let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we will get started if you'll pray. Yes. Father in heaven, make this time valuable. Let your word live in our hearts, our minds, and then, Lord, let your word live through us to touch other people. We want to know you, Lord, as Moses cried out, as Paul cried out, oh, that we might know you deeper. And I know our audience is tuning us in for that very purpose. Let them be blessed, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. And today, who is God? And, and I think the biggest problem in society today, even with Christians, we don't understand who God is. You don't want to get this one wrong, do you? You don't want to get it wrong because if you get this one wrong, you're going to get Jesus wrong too. Yeah, you're going to get whole. You're going to get life wrong, and even worse, you're going to get eternity wrong. Exactly. Whenever I hear this topic, it takes me back to art class, senior year, taking the easiest classes possible. My friend Dallas Waggle, who was a rocker, he went on to, to big time uh, rock and roll band, and uh, uh, he, he became he got saved about five years after me. Had a praying mama. And he became a pastor. I'll be preaching his church at Lucas Foursquare Gospel Church in Lucas, Ohio on Labor Day weekend. We're sitting in our class, pagans, high as a kite, man. <laughs> and we start talking about God, man. And he said, God is the ultimate, man. <laughs> and he was right. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? The funny thing is, coming from a... We called him Lumpy, and they called me Schmalman, Arthur Schmalman from Sundance, Idaho, my alias drug name. And we both got saved and got called to preach, and he's a godly man. He's a powerful preacher. I I love Arthur Schmalman. 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 Yes. Forgive me. A little Jewish foundation there, I think. Schmalman sounds Jewish, doesn't it? Schmalman. My alias drug trafficking name, so... (laughs) <laughs> Sorry about that. We diverted away. God is the ultimate. Let's pick back up. That is hilarious. All right. Who is God? So uh, um, God's existence is incredibly obvious. Conspicuous. It's either, it's either time and chance or plan and purpose. Right. It's, there's, there's no end. And the time and chance takes a lot more faith than plan and purpose. So, uh, with, with every level of it, mm-hmm. that with every level, it takes so much more faith. And, you know, when we look at this, uh, we see it through creation and, and, and we, and here's the other thing we see it through man's conscience. 
that God yeah. exists. Yeah. How do you, you how do you explain the chemistry of consciousness? Right. How do you? I just read Song of Solomon this morning. How do you explain the uh, geochemical uh, realities of affection in the human emotion spectrum? Time and chance is yeah. the what I was taught in public high school. I don't buy that. Uh, yeah, well, I don't have that much faith. I don't. I don't either. You know. And what I find interesting is the Bible calls the atheist a fool. In Psalm 14, 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works, and there is none who does good. And so in Psalm 14, 1, uh, we have uh, the fool who says there's no God. And I find it interesting that they get their own holiday. The atheist holiday? (laughs) Which one's that? April Fool's Day. Oh, April Fool's (laughs) Yeah, well, the devil gets one, Halloween. and uh, Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but listen, I'm going to just tell you right now, to, to say there is no God or to think there's no God, the Bible says that you are without excuse, that you know there's a God, Romans 120, mm-hmm. for since the creation of the world, since the absolute beginning, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, that being the Trinity, so that they, who are they, people, are without excuse. excuse. Yeah, God has put the knowledge of him in, the every, in the every human being. And in verse 21, it says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him, nor were they thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Mm-hmm. Professing to be wise. They became fools. They became fools. And so those who sit back and say there is no God, uh, and by the way, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, but you don't believe in the things of God. Well, you're a fool, mm-hmm. the Bible says, without excuse. In systematic theology, this is what's called uh, uh, natural. I just lost it. <laughs> Don't get old, Johnny. Natural revelation. Right. You just see what is. Right. I just right. remember stepping to the south rim of the Grand Canyon. Mentioned that earlier in our chit chatting, and wow, it's you're overwhelmed. And you, you look at something like that, or the stars at night on a well. Well, let's back up to the Grand Canyon a minute because I think there's something that a lot of people don't realize how far is the grand canyon from the ocean quite a distance that's that's a long ways mm-hmm. i mean it's five seven hundred five hundred seven i'd say seven hundred i uh, think i'd say about seven hundred yeah. miles and yet on the northern rim of the grand canyon it is covered with seashells also on the southern end because i got a pale southern one, yeah was there both uh, all of it it was all sea bottom yeah, so we could do a whole podcast on creation science and how that all yeah. perfectly fits with what the Bible says. <laughs> well, the whole thing is you have uh, on the southern rim seashells mm-hmm. that only come from the sea. And you know how it got there, don't you? Well, there might have been a universal flood one day. You know, the, 
evidence seems to say that. Or there were a bunch of fools that gathered up truckloads of seashells yeah, and dumped been. them on the You know, the <laughs> CNN said it was the, the biblical fundamentalist one gathered all the shells and put them up there at night to prove our to prove our point. That's yeah. my yeah. That's my thing is is that that oh these conservatives they had to prove their point and so they went and got a bunch of sh- seashells and dumped them. On <laughs> I just thought I can't even say that with with a straight face. People, you know, they kind of believe what they want to believe. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, don't confuse me with the facts. I, <laughs> oh, you guys believe in Noah build an ark. <laughs> yeah. 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 He did. yeah. I think they've actually found it. And, yeah. Uh, so you've studied it out. Uh, so amazing. But one of the things that I really, really, really love is how in the scriptures, it never tries to prove God's existence. Isn't that amazing? Never. It just states. It just, he is. Genesis 1 1, in the beginning, God created, period. Self existent one. Yeah. And How can you not believe? It never anywhere in scripture will you read God trying to convince you he is God. Mm-hmm. He just states it. This is the fact. I love that. Live and die by it. <laughs> I love the passage where it says, I am the I am. Mm-hmm. It's all settled. Period. Yeah, just think about it. Just let it be. <laughs> he is. He's the boss. He's the judge of the universe. Mm-hmm. He's eternal. And I know I'm getting ahead, you know, all the attributes of God. And, you know, when you just accept that right. and believe that, there's a lot of good news to follow. But if you reject that. Right. Well, one of the, the when you talk to people today, they will say, I need science. I need science. It's all there for them. It's all there. The problem is when you show them the science, they try to refute it. And even when it doesn't make sense, they stay, they, they still stand by yeah. trying to refute it. They're yeah, the they fool. hold on to the science that, that nothing became everything, but everything was dead. But a bolt of lightning hit the necessary amino acids, and they spontaneously generated into life. And I could go on and on right, with right. that. But, but think about to. this. There was nothing... But then there was a spontaneous bolt of lightning that hit the amino acids. Where did they come from? Where did they, where did any of it that come from? There was nothing. I already know the answer to that. <laughs> it wasn't time and chance. It was a plan. It was explained to us in the Holy Scriptures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what we're going to look at today when we answer the question, who is God? Uh, uh, what we look at is what the Bible does reveal. And the Bible does reveal the nature, the character, and the work of God. And history shows it. And <laughs> Proved it over and over. Yeah, over and over. Talk about but science. People don't know repetitive. theology. They don't know the Word of God, and they don't know history. Right. All they know is what they've been pumped into mm-hmm. by the Prince of Darkness, right. and they don't want to know it if it doesn't agree with them. And there's the other problem. Well, they set themselves up to be God's right. judge. Right. Right. They got it uh, backwards. Oh, and, 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 and so did we. But but to, <laughs> we're to, guilty of all the above here. We're not in here the to beginning. Put we were. Down. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. uh, he knocked on the door of our heart. Mm-hmm. We opened it. We believed. Right. And then that illumination comes from the Holy Spirit, right. and he opens your eyes to see it. It's right. such a no-brainer. And you said, you know, we judge God. Well, Psalm fifty twenty one says this, that God says, These things you have done, and I kept silent, I being God. You thought that I was altogether like you, but I will rebuke you. And set them in order before your eyes. Now consider this, you who forget God, lest I tear you in pieces and there be none to deliver. It's like I said, you don't want to get this one wrong. 
But God's a loving God. He would never tear anyone in pieces, even though his word says, I will tear you into pieces. Well, who will he tear into pieces? Look here in 23 of Psalm 50. Whoever offers praise to whoever offers praise glorifies me. God says that. And to him, the person who orders his conduct aright, in other words, to the person who adjusts himself according to God, God says, I will show the salvation of God. Uh-huh. I'm thinking of the movie Lion King, which I did not see, but who was that main lion there? What was his name? I didn't see it either. Okay, whoever it was, uh, it was asked about him, is he safe? And they said, no, he's not safe, but he's good. Right. And I would say, and that, of course, that was uh, kind of a, as an illustration of who God is. Yeah. God, I wouldn't yeah. say, is exactly safe. Not that, not for the lost, he's not uh, safe. But, uh, but he's good. For and those who call on him. His mercy is extended. Yeah. And those who call upon him are going to find him to be love. Yeah. Those who reject him, those who judge him, those who try to put him in their box, uh, he's not safe. One of the things that I always tell people is the definition of God. Mm -hmm. And we have to cover the definition of God. And it's in, well, last I knew it was in the dictionary. It's a good one, (laughs) but it's it's still inadequate. No matter what it is, it's going to be inadequate. But but here's, here's how we know that there can only be one God. So when people are like, oh, well, my God is greater than your God. No, there's only one God. Well, there's, there's more gods and more ways to heaven. No, there's one God. And the definition of God, according to Webster's Dictionary and everything else, is the supreme being, the creator and ruler of all that is, the self-existent one who is perfect in power, goodness, and wisdom. If God is the supreme being, then there can be nothing greater than God which means there can't be a multitude of ways to heaven. There can't be a multitude of gods. There's one God, and if it's the God of the scriptures, which it is because he says so. Mm -hmm. Which takes me back to my hippie days, and you've heard me say this before. My friend Roach, everybody had a friend named Roach. He earned it. We were jealous. We loved that name. So Lumpy, Roach. uh, I'd rather have... Roach than Lumpy. I'm just saying. <laughs> Roach said to me, we were both buzzed, and it was a Saturday morning, and he gave me the greatest counsel anybody ever gave me. He says, wow, man, if God ever talks to you, man, listen to it. <laughs> but then Roach ended up getting saved. Roach got saved. He's in He listened. Now. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he grew in the Lord, and uh, he was a, a he became a great Christian gentleman. You meet him one day. Oh, oh my I gosh. Will. Lumpy, Roach, <laughs> Skeeter, Roz, they all came to Jesus, man. We had revival. All, so all my drug guys got saved. Well, we're gonna look at we're gonna look at because there's certain things to be true of God. Okay. And I've listed them here. God is spirit uh and by nature intangible. Mm-hmm. Now people have a problem with that. Invisible, the only wise God. Be honor and glory both now and forever. Amen. John 4, 24. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Mm-hmm. People will say, well, that's your God. No, no, no. He, he, he <laughs> is God, no matter what I think, no matter what someone else thinks. He is who he says he is. Well, that goes back to God is the supreme being. Yeah, yeah. Done. 
And, you know, today we got a Hollywood God, we got a uh, Mormon God, we got a uh, Nashville God, we got an LGBTQ God. I don't want you to run on that one. I'm not. I'm leaving alone. God is one, but because if I don't jump into this, I'll jump off of it. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing great, John. I'm proud of you, buddy. God is one, but he exists as three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which we call the Trinity, Matthew 3, 16 through 17. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. What we see is we see the Father, we see the Son, and we see the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's many... uh times in the Bible where there is that, uh, the coming together of the Trinity and it's a beautiful thing. And then of course, the first epistle of John, it just clarifies it. Uh, there are three that bear record in, in heaven, the, the father, the word, and the word became flesh. That's Jesus. And the, the, help me now, the, the father, the word, and the spirit, these three are one. Are one. Right. And, and then uh, we even see in Genesis in the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, through the word Elohim. Yeah, Elohim, and it's in the plural. And in English language, we have singular, uh, plural, which is two and uh, or more. Right. In Hebrew, you have singular, dual, which is two, two, and plural, which is three or more. So just in the the language right. of, 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 of the God gave us the scriptures in the Points Holy to Trinity, three or more. The Holy Trinity is there. And then in, in John, uh, Genesis one twenty six, God said, let us, us make God uh, in our image, in our image, one God, right. one God. So this right. is where cults have come in and tried to divide up the Trinity and no, no, no. And, and Jesus has said, if you've seen me, you've, you've seen, seen the Father. The, that's right. I and my father are one, are one. There we are completing each other. So <laughs> verses, those are verses. We so should be able to do that. God is infinite. First Timothy one seventeen. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. He is eternal, immortal. He is infinite. These are the things you just need to ponder. Sometimes mm-hmm. just let them sink in. God is incomparable. Second mm-hmm. Samuel seven twenty two. Therefore you are great, O Lord God. For there is none like you, nor is there any God beside you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. There's none like God, because God is supreme. Only one can be supreme. God is unchanging. Malachi 3, 6. For I am the Lord, I do not change. We need that foundation for thinking and life. Now think about this, because people say that the God of the New Testament is different from the God of the Old Testament. No, he doesn't change. He's the same. And as we go through the scriptures, you see God is God and his ways, his desires, um, everything about him is consistently consistent. Mm, I like that. He does not change. God exists everywhere. Psalm 139, 7 through 12. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your 
presence. We got two. Omnipresent. Omnipresent. If I ascended into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Amen. The attributes of God. He is supreme. Everywhere. And and when people say, oh, God's in hell, what this is saying is God can go anywhere he chooses. He's omnipresent. Omnipresent. There's nowhere he can't be. Yep. God knows everything. Psalm 147, 5. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. And then we see in Isaiah 40, 28. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. You know, I just read Isaiah 6 this morning in my quiet time. Isaiah is off to a great start. He's a young prophet. He's got a long ministry waiting for him. <laughs> Nobody wanted to hear him. It wasn't going to be a lot of fun, but he was God's man for that time. And he already knew proper theology. He knew that God was omnipotent, omnipresent, immortal, immutable, invisible, loving, truthful. He, he knew all that, but he knew that about God. Then in chapter six, God said, Isaiah, come here, and he sees the Lord high and lifted up. And, and he hears the, the Isaiah six crying. What were the seraphims crying? Holy, holy, yeah, holy. Yeah, yeah. And so he took all these truths that he knew that he believed, and then it became real. Yep. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. He wants right. to take his promises right. and we we're, hold us kind of in awe of them, and then we start believing them, and then we have those awesome moments yeah. where he keeps his promise and he manifests himself to us. And let me tell you, that changed everything for oh. Isaiah. Absolutely. And we need those things to carry us mm -hmm. through. And that's why when he gets to 40 and he says, have you not known? He's reflecting back. Ha have you not heard? I never thought of that till just now. Yeah. He, he's, he's going back and going, Hey guys, all those same things that he experienced in chapter six. And as then a he, young man. and he labels it the everlasting God, the Lord, by the way, the Lord is all caps here. So it's all encompassing, right? Mm -hmm. Yahweh, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. I mean, he's of everything, the creator of everything. The one who has framed everything. The oceans can go only as far as he says. He's the one who raised up the mountains. Yeah. And the one yeah. Let's see if man can put the brakes on the ocean when a hurricane comes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let him try. But God can. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, God can build a wall out of water. I've seen so many of those hurricanes where just there's thousands of people praying, and then the hurricane will just like go around yep. that that island in the Caribbean. It just literally go around it, and it makes no sense. Prayer. Yeah, but God. But those people that were on that island praying, it makes sense mm -hmm. to them. Yeah, and then we see that God has all power and authority. Speaking of, and excuse me, if you go into Ephesians chapter one. All of Ephesians chapter one talks about the power 
that God has over man and how he can take care of man. People want the power. Lord, answer my prayer. Show yourself powerful. But you see, power and authority are two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. And when, it is. We, when we bow to his authority, then his power mm-hmm. is in, unleashed in our life experientially. But he's the boss. He's the boss. He's um, God. Revelation 19.6. And I heard, as it were, by the way, this is John who wrote the Gospel of John and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. This is his account when he's on Island of Patmos. He liked to refer to himself as the beloved disciple. <laughs> the, one, the one that Jesus loved. Yes. He never says his name. Uh, he, he doesn't. But he references himself as the God's chosen. And he mentions <laughs> that he outran Peter to the tomb. He brought that up to it. Yeah, uh, humbly he says that. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, verse 6 here of Revelation 19. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Authority. That authority can be your greatest blessing or it can be your damnation. It's one or the and other. And omnipotent literally means omni is all, and nipotent is, or potent, potent. sorry, potent is all, is powerful. So you have all powerful. A good thing you corrected yourself because you would have lost a point for that, John. I can't afford to lose points today. <laughs> so, so, I was patient. So, so as we... <laughs> I was going to jump in and correct you, but uh, you, you, you got it. You didn't right? lose a point. So, so as, as we look at that right there... Um, we see that these are things that are true of God and the nature of God. Now we're going to go into the character of God. So here are some of God's characteristics uh, that the Bible reveals. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about this? And, and God, and by the way, God is loving, but whoever thinks that, and you hold on to that, what seems to become a movement, God's love, God's love, God's love. You're right, but listen to everything else he is. Let me interject an application to what you're going to give right now. These are the characteristics of God. You know, we come along and we judge God by our experience, and that is not wise. But that's Or kinda, our expectations. Yeah, which is even worse. It's even worse. But the reality is these, we need to view our circumstances through God, not God the circumstances. And when you get this, all of these characteristics of God become the filter through which we see life. And we see something that's not good, that, that hurts, Romans 8, 18, but we know all things work together for good. For good. Mm-hmm. So this is so important to just be foundational in our very being, in our thinking, that we have the right view, the biblical view, of let God tell us who he is, and then we begin to view life that way, and now we're heading somewhere good. Absolutely. God is just, mm-hmm. Acts seventeen thirty one, And what we see is, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man, capital Jesus, whom he has ordained, he has given assurance of this to all by raising him, Jesus, from the dead. And so God is just. God is loving, Ephesians 2, 4 through 5. 
But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And so we see God is loving and he loves us without question, but he's just, he's loving. God is truthful. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is truth. The way, the truth, and the life. He is truthful. He is it. Whatever he says, guarantee it. God is holy. John, uh, 1 John 1, 5. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all or no sin at all. He's holy. Holy, holy, holy. God shows compassion. Praise God for that, right? Oh, my goodness. It's interesting. I'm going to jump in here. When Isaiah saw the Lord mentioned that before, it's holy, holy, he's overwhelmed. But when God gives his own autobiographical uh, definition of himself, he says, I'm merciful. Right. God brings up mercy. And men who see him bring up fear and awe and holiness. But God says, yeah, okay, that's who I am. That's for sure. That's true. But I love you. Right? God shows mercy. Romans 9, 15. And then I'll come back to compassion. Romans uh, 9, 15 says, For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. God chooses and deals with us how he chooses to deal with us. In 2 Corinthians 1, 3, on compassion, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. comfort. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. Right? Oh, my, dude, can you imagine if it weren't for God's mercy and his compassion, and now we get to God shows grace unmerited favor unmerited we don't deserve it we can't earn it but because he loves us because he's compassionate and because he has mercy the gift of god he extends it to us and so when we look at the grace romans 5 17 for if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one much more those who received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in the life through the one jesus christ and again we receive the abundance of grace like not just uh yeah okay i'll give yeah, you uh, let's just uh, slide on that yeah uh, no it's Grace that abounds. I've heard grace is God gives us what we don't deserve, and mercy keeps us from getting what we do deserve. deserve. Grace and mercy be extended. They're to hand in hand. Yeah. You, they're, they go together. Uh, God, and this is one that people struggle with, God judges sin. If you go to the scriptures, you won't struggle with it. If you, there. How about this? If you just believe the scriptures, you won't struggle with it. If God didn't judge sin, he would be unrighteous because uh, he's holy. He's holy. Holiness requires it. It demands it, right? Uh, judge, God judges sin, Psalm 5.5. 5. The boastful shall not stand in your sight. You hate all workers of iniquity. Now... <laughs> I use this verse when people say, well, God 
hates the sin but loves the sinner. That's yeah, not true. It's not quite true, is it? It's not true. The boastful shall not stand in your sight. You hate all workers of sin. And then verse 6 goes on. And this listen, this is what people have got. They've got to get this. You shall destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. So if you're not saved, you are a worker of sin or a worker of iniquity, right? And, and he extends his mercy and grace for you to repent. For you to repent. And if you choose to tune him out, right. then this is your kind of, he that believeth, John 3, is not condemned. condemned. He that believeth not is, is condemned already. Yeah. And in 6, he says uh, that he will destroy all of those who speak falsehood, and the Lord abhors the bloodthirsty, deceitful man. And so if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you're a deceitful man mm -hmm. because you speak lies. You do not speak the truth because the truth is not in you. You're of your father, the devil, John chapter 8. Isn't it amazing how there's always pushback when it comes to God's authority, mm -hmm. when it pushback when it comes to God judging? Yeah. God is love. God is love. And then they just push back on 60% of the Bible. It's like, no, the Bible's one book, and God is one God. And, and he never changes. And he never changes. And so people take this God is love thing, which is true, and then they throw out half the Bible to trying to justify the, the sinner mm -hmm. and uh, let sin slide. Oh, it's okay to, uh, to sin, and you know God is love. That'll cover it. It'll only cover it if people recognize their sin right. and repent right. from their sin, right. confess and repent. And then, then you know, yeah, it is, God is love. There's no question. Right. But you can't throw any of the scriptures out. Right. And God's love is only extended as far as you repent. So God extends his love for God so loved the world that whosoever should call upon the Lord shall be saved, right? So God's love for the lost person is in the offer yeah. to get saved. Yeah. Nay, I say unto them, uh, Jesus said twice, except you repent, repent, you will what? Johnny. <laughs> I was just wondering. Perish. <laughs> oh, I love to see that blank look come on your face. Did you see it? I did. I loved it. I wish I had got a picture of it. <sighs> Yeah. And <laughs> my it, my brain literally <laughs> shut off. Oh, that was sweet. I enjoyed it. It only lasted for a second, but it was sweet. <laughs> but Jesus said that right. twice. Nay, right. said, except you repent, repent. you will perish. perish. And that did make Jesus happy. He is extending mercy. He's extending yep. grace. He's mm -hmm. going to a cross. He's going to be separated from the Father, so we don't have to. He right. pays the way of salvation, and then we we come along and tweak him. Right. We say, oh, well, we like this. We don't like mm -hmm. that, so we'll throw that out. No, he's Lord. He calls the shots. Lord of he's all. He's the judge. Excuse yeah. me, I'm getting. No, but you, but that's you're right, and that's that's what I'm saying. These people are like God is love. Listen, God is love. For the lost person, God is love in the offering. Mm, I love that phraseology. Say it again. God is love in the offering of 
salvation. After that, if you reject that, God's love ends right there. If you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God's love continues on now as a father would love their child. Yeah, the whole fatherhood of God kicks in. Oh, my. This, is, yeah, right? this is sweet part. Now. So, so, so when we talk about God judges sin, that's how it looks. And God's love, that's how it looks. Like, that's the reality of God's love. And God hates, hates, like hates. That word hate literally means hate. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're only quoting him. Exactly. All those who live in sin and deny Christ. Mm -hmm. He hates them. Yeah. God does not love them. His love comes in the invitation, but it ends in the rejection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, it is what it, it is. It, it can't be more biblically clear. It's not complicated. It's not. And the, and the only thing that complicates it is man's desire to have his own way. There you go. Now. Write that down, John. I'll sign it. God, right? It's true. Now, that being said, we get to the next one. God offers forgiveness. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 130, verse 4. But there is forgiveness with you, God, that you, God, may be feared. Then we go and he says, I, uh, the, the psalmist says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word, I do hope. And then he goes on. But, but the reality is there's forgiveness with God if we repent. Mm -hmm. If we don't repent, forgiveness is gone. Mm -hmm. There's no relationship. There's no relationship. It, it's done. Um, and so we cannot, listen, guys, we cannot understand God apart from his works. So let's look at his works. Uh, and these works are past, present, and future, by the way. Uh, God created the world. Genesis 1.1, we've read that before in the beginning. God creates the heavens and the earth. Isaiah 42.5, thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. <laughs> Can you get any more clear than that? It's not a matter of clarity. It's a matter of will, willfully uh, Great reaching out to him or willfully rejecting him. Yeah. Or those people do that. Well, I don't reject him, but that's not how I see it. You reject him. You did reject him. You did. you did. When you don't listen, you know, when my dad came in and told me to do something, it was not a suggestion. <laughs> And I did it, That's and right. uh, there was blessings to follow. Right. But if I didn't do it, I uh, wish I'd had. There was a curse to follow. Yeah, there it was. It is what it is. By the way, not only did God create the world, but God actively sustains the world. Colossians 1.17. And he, Jesus, is before all things, and in Jesus all things consist. Holds it together at the molecular level atomic level the scientific level <laughs> yeah yeah when we found out what an atom and uh, molecules look like all of a sudden that verse came alive we we know they do stay together but we don't know how we know that when they break apart it's a uh, rather dangerous mm -hmm. and by him all things consist yep oh my that I, you can ponder that one for a while and he, God, is executing his eternal plan. Mm -hmm. 
Ephesians 1, 11. Because, you know, sometimes people say, oh, God started the world and then he left it go. So history is not by time and chance, huh? No. And it doesn't go on its own. Creation is not by time and chance. And history is not by time and chance. And our lives are not by time and chance. And you know what I love? I love when people use the word prehistoric. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious, isn't it? It is. If if there's any evidence, it's not prehistoric. It is history. Yeah. 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 Prehistoric. There's no such thing as prehistoric. History, yeah, it's either history, and yet or people not. use that term like it's oh, the prehistoric record says, uh, no, there is no such thing as prehistoric record. Everything in the record is history. Historic. That's right. <laughs> but you got to have prehistoric to get all the billions and billions of years they need to make their story sound effective. Uh, just, I just comfortable with the Bible, right? Sounds like you are right. too. I am too, and I just I do find it humorous how the world has deceived how Satan has deceived man through words that they don't even think about. Mm-hmm. They just yeah. use them. You made me happy when you brought up that thing about no such thing as prehistoric because I'm the only other person I've ever heard talk about it. And so two points, John. I'll take two it. Two points, you got it. Dude, you're awesome. Yeah, that, was, that was sweet. So uh, God is executing his eternal plan in Ephesians 1.11. In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And by the way, being predestined is not God chose who's going to heaven and who's going to hell. It's God chose all of humanity to go to heaven, but not all of humanity is going to choose God. And therefore those, because he knows all... for whom he did foreknow. He knows what we will exactly. and won't do. And he knows who the wills are and knows who the won'ts are. Those whom he foreknew. He predestined. He predestined. He knew. That's right. So people try to use that to take away the will of man. And then that makes God the author of sin. It makes God uh, choosing people to go to hell. And he clearly said he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to what? Repentance. There's that word again. Yeah. So it involves the redemption of man from the curse of sin and death. Galatians 3, 13 through 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith, which is eternal life through the death of Jesus Christ. Every verse in the Bible is for this purpose. He wants us to go to heaven. It involves the redemption of man. Yep. God is love. He draws people to Christ. By, because, listen, and it's through the Holy Spirit, but the Father draws man to Christ. John six forty four. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up in the last day. He disciplines his children, Hebrews 12, 6. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Listen, God disciplines his children for who, who the Lord loves, he disciplines. That is, shows that there's distinct difference between the ones he hates mm-hmm. and destroys. He just kind of lets them all go, lets them go. Because they don't listen. They don't, well, they don't even want anything to do with him. They don't want anything to do with his son. Why would he speak to the wall? Exactly. He spoke. They chose not to listen, and it seems like he chooses not to speak anymore. The Spirit of the Lord will not always strive, strive with, with man. man. 
won't happen. Uh, he will judge the world, Revelation 20, 11 through 15. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was, no, there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The books are the account of everything you've ever done. The book of life is the names of those that are children of God. Clear difference. Then it says in verse 13, the sea gave up the dead who were in it and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them and they were judged each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And by the sea gave up the dead who were in it, right? And then you see uh, all, uh, all, you know, he, he says, I saw the dead, small and great, everyone standing. Listen, there is no place anybody's ever been or going that God won't pull them in and bring them back to be judged. When I was in Bible college, God had called me to preach. I'm preparing to be a pastor. I read this verse every day because that's why we do what we do. Absolutely. Because we, God doesn't want people to go to hell he doesn't want them to be in this judgment. They don't need to be in this judgment. Right. God has provided a savior and then he puts in the hearts of people like Pastor John and I and your pastors to give our whole lives to tell this message. Yep. Absolutely. That's it. So that explains who, us who we are, what we do. Yep. And who is God? God says, once you have a relationship with my son, Jesus Christ, you will then know who I am. And the relationship is in John 1, 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It is uh, Jesus Christ, this relationship with Jesus, right? He is the one that can that's begotten of the Father that allows us to come to the Father, mm -hmm. right? And so the Son becomes flesh. Uh, he becomes man, and he literally becomes, if you will, the bridge between man and and God, John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way. And we so, don't need another way. But you need one. You're never going to know God without Jesus. We only need one way. He provided it, and I rejoice in that. Other people, you know, Oprah gets freaked out when you bring that verse to her. I've heard her freak out. Oh, yeah, she, out. he can't be the only way. I've no, he Joel, is. I've heard Joel Olstein skate around that. Well, I don't know what's in their hearts. So it's so simple. Why would anybody yeah, struggle right. with that? Well, in 1 Timothy 2, 5 says this, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So if you're praying to Mary, it's not right. And if you're praying to Mary, that means you're not saved because you don't understand that Jesus is the only way and the only one that takes it to the Father. Yeah, I think anybody prays to Mary makes her cry. <laughs> I she, think it does. Of course, she's if not she, omnipotent and omniscient, right. and she doesn't probably know it's like happening. Like if she knew it, it would make her cry. She called God her Savior. In Luke so, chapter uh, 1. Mm -hmm, yeah. But there again, or when two. you get away Wait, from is it one the or Scripture. Two? Is it one or two? Two. Two. I think it's, I think it's two. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just yeah. another example. You depart Scripture and you do things that are unscriptural. Right. right. And just go back to Scripture and be right. Yeah. It's only through Jesus 
that we can have forgiveness of sins and reconciliation with God. Ephesians 1, 7, in him, Jesus, we have redemption through Jesus's blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, only through Jesus. John 15, 15, no longer do I call you servants for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends for all the things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. And so you see this relationship, right? It's no longer, no longer do I call you servants, but now I call you friends because why? The relationship is there. And then we have Romans 5.10, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, Jesus, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by Jesus's life. Mm-hmm. Amen. It's only through the Son, Jesus Christ, that we have eternal salvation. Second Timothy 2.10. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Everything is in Jesus, Colossians 2, 9. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I'm telling you guys, listen, it is all Jesus. Sweet surrender to Jesus. All this is comforting. When we don't surrender to Jesus, we have conflict. Comfort or conflict, we choose. Yeah, so listen, I'm just going to say this. To really know who God is. If you're going to answer the question, who is God? We've given you a bunch of information. But if you want to know it personally, you have to surrender to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Then you know who God is. Because to know who God is, all we have to do is look at Jesus. It's the ultimate man. (laughs) It's the ultimate (laughs) man. Hey, guys, I hope this has helped you. And if it has, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. And until next time. God bless.